We gonna do it podcast microphone style. We gonna make it quick. You lacking, you tripping, you slacking, impatient. What's up, everybody? This is Chandler Rust. I'm here with Kaiden Hansen, the director of sales over Empower West. And we have some incredible guests also from Empower West today. We have Cade Cloward and Carson Law here with us today. Their reputation precedes them. Here are a couple incredible stats about them. They have been best friends since they were five years old and they are partners here at our company, the regionals together. So they've been inseparable for 20 years. That is crazy. And I don't know how they're not sick of each other yet, but this is their fourth season with Empower. They ran the top division in the company in 2019. And their region has always been one of the most coveted spots to be. Uh, they create a lot of success for their reps every single year. Uh, they have managed 1600 installs together. That's their, their lifetime install count, which is incredible. Uh, they were the first ever Empower Award winners in 2019. And then Carson actually holds the, well, recently it was broken, but he held the record for most deals sold in one week. It was 16, just recently beat. He held it for a long time, though, 16 deals in one week. Incredible. Cade also currently holds the record for most deals sold in one day, which was seven deals, which generated $100,000 in commission which I do believe they were all installed as well. So those weren't just, just fluky, flaky deals. Um, and then the most impressive stat of all for these two is that they have raked in almost $3 million. No, sorry, over $3 million of deposited commission so far in their short career here at Empower. So we are so stoked to have them. Guys, I want to know how you've lasted so long together, 20 years of inseparable companionship. How has that happened? Tell us the origin story of Kate and Cars. Where did this start? I'll I got let, this I'll let one. Cars tell a story, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cade moved from Lehigh, and we were, it wasn't Little League Baseball. It was like the next level up. But uh, I did not like Cade right when I met him. He was just kind of like, whatever, all over the place. But I remember we, we were running sprints for baseball, and it was 100 plus degrees. I was dying. And Kate had one of those like massive, massive, massive water bottles with like the white spigot that comes out, you know, that you twist up and <laughs> I'm just gas, no water. He's on the side drinking good. And he's like, Hey man, you want some water? I was like, this guy's all right. This guy's all right. So that was, that's, that's all you need to know about Kate. He does the exact same thing today. He's super, super giving and dude from there, we just clicked and we've done everything together since. So dude, so 20 years later, you guys have our business partners you guys have been business partners in every business that you've ever encountered thus far how are things going this year Dude, they're going they're going well i think uh it was interesting when we first started our partnership at empower which was four years ago um, we had a lot of people tell us like dude don't do business with your buddies don't do business with friends or family um and uh for whatever reason we just said like now we're gonna send it and i mean there's been some learning experiences for sure but I think I uh, think it's a it's a great great uh, partnership and it's it's going great. I mean, I think every year it gets better because the communication only improves, um, and we already know what most of us are or what what each person's going to do in certain situations. So, um, yeah, it's, it gets better every year. I think one thing that kind of separates you guys from the rest, as far as regionals goes and leadership goes, is the way you build up your guys 
to help them then succeed. I think that's why you guys were the 2019 Empower Award winners. I think that was what was talked about over and over. It's like these, these two do so much for their people. I want to know what your secret is to that. Like what, what kind of mindset does it take to always be looking out for your guys? Like not everyone's that way, you know, and they're not everyone's as lucky to have a manager that's that way. I can't remember who, who told me it, but, um, I know it was, it was Brandon. Brandon gave a training like our first year here. And he talked about how your, your number one source of income and your best investment can be in yourself and in your people. Um, and I think Karsh and I just took that to heart. Like we wanted to make sure that our guys that we were working with felt a different sense of like belonging, not only being at empower, but being within the organization that we were creating. Um, and so we just tried to, to set the precedence like, Hey, like if you're a part of this org, like you're going to be getting more incentives, you're going to be getting treated better. Like we'll help you with whatever we can. And, um, I mean, we, we try to do the best we can. I'm sure there's still a lot that we can improve on, but, um, that's really what our conversations conversations are like creating incentive programs. And, um, I think just having a very, very abundant mindset rather than a scarcity mindset, um, and treating guys how you would want to be treated if you were a part of an organization. I think you hit it right on the head. I think Cade and I have really, really healthy communication and we are super optimistic and positive with each other. And that trickles down to our guys. We have a lot more hard conversations than I think people think. Uh, but I think that that's super healthy for, for us to have those relationships with our managers and it trickles down. I, I think that that's what something we're really good at. Wow. I want to go back to kind of the water ball, water bottle story. So is that kind of a theme throughout your guys' partnership or companionship is that you guys are kind of yin and yang, you know, Cade can provide certain things like the water bottle with the spigot and then Carson can provide certain things. Has it been a scenario where, you know, you have strengths that are complementary to each other? Yeah, we just, we just talked about this last night. Um, Cade does a great job at just being like a, a listening ear. He'll reach out to reps on the daily. Um, and it's something like he's incredible at and his strengths and his weaknesses, like we totally play off of those and it's good to know each other for two decades, you know, to, to piggyback that. And I think it really helps us. I think I'm another thing that just naturally like, um, has been beneficial is when we were in 2019, when we were both running our own direct team, um, like a lot of our core leaders came from those two teams, like Carson ran ran the Palmdale team and there's a couple leaders that have stemmed from that and like top reps that stem from that. And then the Santa Clarita team, we had a couple guys that have branched off into leadership. Um, and so we have like, I mean, I don't know when you're, when you're in the trenches with people and you're just going through it with guys, like you develop a relationship with them. And, um, so like those, those teams will like have a natural tendency to reach out to me if they were on my team or Carson, if they were on his team. And so it kind of naturally like separates themselves, um, pretty, uh, pretty good and then i mean yeah just what carson said like we just play off each other well just because we know what each other's good at after all your years in management you guys have you guys have dealt with and and managed hundreds and hundreds of people hundreds and hundreds of reps young guys old guys whatever I, the question i love asking people in your guys's position is what separates the good reps from the great reps after seeing so many people succeed or fail at this in this industry i was thinking about this exact question um earlier today. I'm really glad you asked it. But to me, it's the commitment level. Um, when I think about 
it was really my second year when we were up in Palmdale and I was running my own team and we had it figured out. Like I understood the industry, but when I tell you guys that I work like 12, 13, 14 hour days, sometimes like that's as real as it gets. And we, we hear from guys like Scott uh, Cooper. Um, I know for a fact that Cade did this as well, but the commitment level is just on another level versus the guys that are just going to work like the regular day. And they're going to go home at, at like eight, they can be gr- They can be good, but they, I think that's what separates the good from the great is I think it takes one or two years where you are living and breathing this game to kind of like get your feet settled and then you can you can grow and that's when you see like the multiplication happen that's that's been my experience i want to dig into that just a little bit do you guys feel like that commitment level is nature or nurture do you feel like it's something that you're teaching the reps or do you feel like it's something they just show up with dude my opinion is that like certain guys just have that like when they come out like they come out and you can just tell like they're willing to do whatever they whatever they need to do to get there and so i mean having been there, we can say, Hey, this is what it takes. And they'll naturally just do it. I think, I think it can be nurtured. It's a lot more difficult to nurture that though. Like to create that type of mentality is a lot more difficult to do than someone that just is coming in saying like, Hey, look, like I'm willing to do what it takes. Like I see what is possible. What do I need to do? Um, I mean, I, I think both are possible, but the, from my experience, the guys that we've seen, like the guys that just come out and have that, like, that swagger, that persona, like, Hey, like I'm here to, I'm here to do this. I don't care what it takes. Those are the guys like Cooper Murphy, Scott Schwartz, like the guys that we're, we're talking about, um, that are just willing to do and, and work the hours that that's necessary to do that. I think if you look at the top five, to top 10 reps every year, every one of those reps has that same mentality. I think it's, I think, I think to your point, it's kind of interesting that, uh, I think a rep can come out that's just naturally gifted at, at sales or leadership and can and can do well. Um, and someone who's not naturally good at those things can also do well. But I think what helps them both do well is that nurture side of things. So I think the nurture side or the side that comes from you two specifically, like I don't think anyone would have a lot of success without that because you can turn that unnatural person into a good rep and a good leader. And you can take that naturally good person and turn them into a great salesperson or great leader. So that nurture side, I think, is kind of the required part of that equation to make someone great. I don't think they could get really far without it. So, you, I mean, you see it all the time um, at other companies or maybe on a team here or there where there's a naturally just gifted person and just kind of gets just kind of gets fumbled, you know, doesn't get the attention he needs. And so I think to have the org you guys have right now, I think it's I think it's a sign that a lot of nurture went into creating you know, an org that can produce as much as yours does. So, which I think is super cool. So I, I'm curious too, you know, what have you guys seen each other accomplish outside of sales? You know, you guys have done 20 years of life together. What's the coolest thing you've seen each other accomplish outside of this company or outside of sales? I saw Kate dunk a basketball one time. I didn't think that would ever happen. <laughs> that happened. Hey, I've got a video for anybody that doubts it. Wow. <laughs> Send was, that over, dude. I, flush, dude. I doubt it, dude. I straight yeah. up doubt it. <laughs> oh, I, I, the the part of that story that hasn't been told is that I probably tried 50 times before it actually went down. And Carson saw it happen and I looked at him and I was like, oh my, what just happened? Like, I can't believe that actually just happened. <laughs> um, no, for uh, for Carson's, uh, it's, I think I've seen Carson in a lot of different phases of life. And I think the coolest thing... Um, to see Carson do is, is seeing him like create a family and become a dad and like 
just if you know his his family family life back home like there's there he had he had his parents got divorced and um he had to step up and become like a father figure to his brothers and stuff and i think uh that's been pretty sick to see him become like a father of his own and how he's raising his son and his son's the sickest kid ever dude um <laughs> so that, that's been pretty cool to see him see him become a dad i would say for cade um honestly i would i would put cade and like jimmy rex uh, like on, on the same level as far as like where we are in life. I know Jimmy's older and his, his network is is a lot bigger, but uh, Kate's fantastic at building and maintaining relationships. Um, I got married a little bit before him. So he was able to honestly meet a lot more people uh, where we were living at the time, like Orem and, and Provo, Utah. Um, and so his, his network is, is fantastic. His relationships with people, they, they really don't die. Um, they all come from a really healthy spot. So I'm super, super big on who the five people closest to me are. I believe that that's a real thing that we're an average of those. Um, and that's why I've, you know, I've had Caden in, in my circle for as long as I could remember. He's insanely good at building relationships. I don't see a partnership working this long without that relationship, you know, <laughs> like there's just no way, but yeah, I think, um, so you guys have accomplished a lot over the last couple of years. Now, what does it look like going forward for you guys? You know, outside of sales, within sales, what's kind of on the horizon for you two or maybe individually, whatever you want to go into? Uh, what are some of the goals and accomplishments you want to tackle over the next couple of years inside of sales and outside? That is a big question. Um, I can go first. I think within the job, um, like pretty straightforward accomplishments, like I I want to build a region that has 500 plus reps within it or an organization that has 500 plus reps in it. Um, that's not for my own personal benefit. I mean, if we just look at the leaders that we have and, and what they're wanting to accomplish, um, that's what it'll sum up to be is 500 plus guys um, doing a lot of, a lot of really good things here. Um, so that would be like a very big thing that we want to pursue and, and want to achieve. Um, I think outside of sales, um, I mean, I think when it comes to like financial freedom or independence, like we, like we learned yesterday on that, on that, uh, meeting with Jimmy did, um, I think that's like probably my number one focus and, and our number one focus is building that. We, we talk a lot about real estate projects and what we're going to do after this job, like in the next 10 years and, I, I mean, I don't see myself going anywhere in the next foreseeable future. I've got at least another four years here, um, if not longer. I don't know why I would do anything different. I love it here. I think the people we work with are dope. Um, but uh, for sure, a bunch of real estate projects. I made a lot of mistakes early on in investing, <laughs> and I don't know if I'll do much other than real estate for the next the next three, four years. Well, a little too much crypto for Cade is what I've heard. <laughs> Dude, the freaking lizard, man. <laughs> the lizard, lizard man. got the best of him. Kate, you mentioned yeah. you want to see your org grow into 500 people. One thing that I always think is really cool is like you guys are regionals now, but as you become a 500 org or 500 person organization, that means you'll have many, many regions that you're overseeing. Who do you see in your org right now stepping into that regional role for the next couple of years? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's kind of up in the air. Like I think if you look at, our top producing teams, like those guys all have the ability to do it. Um, it's interesting. Carson and I were talking about this the other day, at, like what it takes to be in a regional position. Cause honestly, like I don't think we're anything special, but I think one thing that we are very good at is 
receiving issues and dealing with issues. Like that's what a lot of people don't see is like all of the, this is the nitty gritty, like crap that you deal with on a day to day basis with installers, with pay corrections, with all sorts of stuff. Um, and so I, I think when I, when I look at it, I'm like, okay, who, who can handle that, those type of issues, who can take those and not pull their hair out and get things fixed in a timely manner. Um, and I think we've got a good four or five guys that are fully capable of doing that. Um, it's just a matter of if they, they think that they're capable of doing that. So, um, being a regional is not an easy job. It's, there's only 10 regionals in the company right now and all of them are studs and you guys included outside of putting out fires. I mean, being a regional is a lot of putting out fires. We, We wish it wasn't that way, but it is when you can get past that. What is your guys's main focus as regionals? I think, I think when the mindset changes into like, how can I help my guys grow? How can I help my guys hit their goals? How can I help each of my managers make six digits, multiple six digits, you know, in the time frame that they're out here? Um, a lot of our teams have changed their goals from like, I want 15 closed deals this week to I want 15 families helped this week. So when you kind of make that change and you get a little bit deeper into the why and like the value that we bring to the marketplace, um, I think that that's been like the best thing to see as a regional is just taking in the rep experience and trying to magnify it. And what can we do to help these guys have a better experience? Mm, I love that. That's actually sick. I want to hear you guys shoot your shot. Who you guys think is going to be top rep this year in the whole company, whole company, man. I don't know. We got a couple of guys ripping deals. Red Mickle Vasquez throw in multiple seven and eights. Um, and honestly, he's just warming up. Um, Jace Wright's leading a really strong team out in Ventura County. Uh, he's got a couple studs that are ripping deals. Giacomo Castellano. That's, rookie of the year. that's my that's my uh, shot for rookie of the year. Rookie of the year yeah, he's, is uh, who? Giacomo. Giacomo. Giacomo, dude, actually, dog. He's sold. He's, gonna... um, he's sold thirty thirty four deals in the last like thirty days. Wow, pretty crazy. Yeah, crazy. crazy. Yeah, speak Spanish. He's too, a rookie. He's a rookie. God tier. Yeah, he's a rookie. Yeah. Wow. We gotta get rookie him on to call. door to door. Rookie to door you to got... door. He's a stud, guys. He's a stud. He's different. <laughs> you guys I might think, be biased. Uh, oh, go ahead. I think for the top rep of the year, I think it's gonna come down like to the last couple of days, like it did um, a few years ago. But I think I think Mickles for sure gonna be in that conversation. He's he's got like a an 83% installation rate right now with the volume he's selling, which is crazy good. Um, Jace Wright's selling a ton of deals and he's got guys out here all year long. And uh, I mean, don't, don't sleep on uh, Caden Smith or some of the other leaders in our, in our org. They're, they're all capable of throwing in a lot of deals. So I think, I think you'll see at least three, three, three guys from our org in the top 10. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. As far as your org goes too, you're right now in third place for regions overall in the company as far as installs year to date go, but you're only three installs behind the number two spot, which is Empire. So when do you feel like you're going to be passing them or are they going to be pulling away or will you guys be passing them? And what's that timeline look like? I think we'll pass them this week. Honestly, we had a ton of deals get installed last week that are getting paid out. So I wouldn't be surprised if I don't know how many they installed last week, but we probably did more. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so that's something I've noticed lately is that 
you know, I've seen a lot more of the installs each week kind of go towards the LA group. Um, and you guys have kind of searched ahead a couple of other regions as well. You just passed Central California as well. What has uh, what have you guys been doing to make sure so many of your deals get installed this year? We do we do pretty meticulous pipeline work, um, like hours a day. Uh, so we know a lot about what's going on, who's held up where and why. Um, and there was a point this year where I think we had, it was probably a month or two ago, kid, where we had 9% of our deals that had canceled or 12% or an amazing number. Um, and then the on hold list, uh, we, we were able to like trim that in a, in a matter of days. And then the next week we get the new list and we, we go right back to it. We try to trim it down again. So we're really on top of it. We have multiple group chats just for the pipeline. Um, and I, we take a lot of accountability. That's, that's a huge part of our job is helping these deals get pushed through if we can't sell, you know, anymore on the day to day. Yeah, honestly, like <laughs> a lot of times we are, I don't want to say winging it, but like, we're just figuring out the best process that works. Like, um, Carson, and I had a conversation yesterday about what other systems we can put into place to, to handle like the meticulous side of our job so that we can focus more on, like, I personally think one of our number one roles is just to get glass on the roof. I think a lot of our time should be spent with installers. How can we develop those relationships? How can we get things moving quicker? And um, we we make it a thing every day to do pipeline, like Carson said, but we're constantly trying to find out better systems that work so that we can be a little bit more efficient with it. But just think, I think just having a focus on your pipeline is super important. What, what would you guys say? Because I think becoming a regional requires learning a lot of different skill sets and um, and, and different characteristics within solar for someone who's aspiring to grow into a regional role. You know, I know at least from my perspective, I want to see this company grow to, you know, 30 to 40 regionals over the next couple of years. I'd love to see that happen. Um, for people who are aspiring to grow into the role that you guys are playing right now, what would be the number one advice you have for them? Like how can they get to where you guys are faster and quicker? I would say some really good advice that we got was to like go out and have a killer year. Like go get the respect that you need. Go install 50, 60, 70, 80. Go install 100 deals. And however you need to do that, do that. Recruit a group of setters, manage a team, whatever, work your way up. But once you kind of have the validity and the respect, then it can kind of turn over and you can start building those relationships and you'll see that multiplication happen like within you know, within your org. And that's, I feel like that's what's really, really helped us. We both had an insanely good second year here. Our first year was definitely a learning year. We were kind of in the summer sales mindset. We were only out here for four months. The next year we were out here in January. We had a group literally get us out here in January. They didn't want to wait. So we sent it out here nine months out here and we both had had a really good second year. And I think that just like propelled us forward into growth. Wow, that rapport and respect is huge. After all of those years of knocking, I'm sure we're going to jump into our new favorite segment of the show. After knocking all these years, boys, tell us the craziest <laughs> thing that's ever happened to you guys on the doors. Uh, I'll go first. Dude, uh, this wasn't, this was technically wasn't on the door. I was in a home, but this was in 2020. Um, and I'm sitting in this, in, in Santa Clarita and it's, I mean, it is cooking. It's like a hundred plus degrees. And this guy was just adamant about us sitting in his backyard. And uh, I'm going through the pitch, thought I had this guy locked, shopper, wanted Tesla, worst kind of people. 
Um, and we hear like a massive bang. I was like, what the freak was that? Didn't think anything of it. Kept going through my pitch, left probably 15 minutes later. And I walk around the corner and there, this lady went to turn and she, the sun was right in her eyes. And she went head on with a guy on a Harley Davidson and the guy on the Harley was just laying in the road, um, calling his buddy, freaking out. And I'm just like, what in the freak is going That's on? That's insane, it's crazy. dude. Near death outside the home. <laughs> Cars, how about you, dude? Yeah. Dude, one of my yeah. favorite stories to tell, um, same thing. I was on the closing side of things, but uh, I can't remember who set the appointment, but set it for seven o'clock at night with the wife. Um, and there was actually a Sunrun rep knocking in the same neighborhood who set an appointment with the husband for the same time. The wife and the husband thought they, you know, they were on the same page with the appointment at seven o'clock. So we both show up at the exact same time, me and the Sunrun rep. Um, and we sat at the same table. Uh, he went first. I, they, he pitched on, they looked at me. I went second and it was just really interesting to hear their pitch and hear their selling points and, we were selling a lot, lot more loans at that time. And so, you know, I just hit hard on ownership and it was cool to see the, the gears turn and the homeowners, you know, really like it. So I was, I was able to land the deal and I got a referral out of it and it was, it was really cool. But I was at the same table with another salesman. It was the, <laughs> you could have cut the tension with a knife. Wow. It was awesome. Dude. There yeah, is cool. no that there's no greater wake up call than <laughs> that, when you get beat right in front of your face, dude, by another sales rep. Dude, that, that is. is the most dominant thing I've ever heard. Just <laughs> both the table and you leave with the sale. That's pretty sick. Um, what do you guys feel like? Um, if you could go back and do it all over again, um, as far as you know, your your career here goes, you know, what would be the ideal path for someone who's just entering the company right now? What would, what would you go back and do differently? What would, what role would you play first and then second and third? How would you grow within the company? What would kind of be your track for it if you go back and do it again? Or would you change anything? Because you guys have been pretty successful so far. I'll go real quick, Cade, and then I'll let you go. Um, I would have paid a little bit more attention to who uh, I grew that first team with. We had about 12 guys our year one. Cade and I were kind of co-managing, but we didn't know how to sell solar yet. So we were out there and there was actually a closer out there. We were knocking with our team. So it was kind of hard to manage when you're all learning, you know, the product at the same time. But if I could go back and do anything different, I would really, really take a look at my guys and who I'm surrounded with. And I wouldn't be so worried about like the, the number of people that I brought out, but the kind of people that I brought out. So I would rather have five great people, hardworking studs around me than 10 average dudes or whatnot. So that was, I think that'd be the only thing that I would change is I, I wouldn't be so worried about the number. I'd be more worried about the kind of person. Um, and we dealt with that a little bit later and had to, you know, we had to get rid of 30 guys in, in one year. It was, it's a pretty crazy story, but that was a huge, huge chunk of our, of our bodies that we had to let go. And it's, it's only been better since. So I would have just handled it earlier. Yeah. I, um, honestly, I think the only thing that I would do differently is I would have worked I mean, I think we can all look back and say, like, I could have worked longer here or harder here. I, there's a certain, there's a, a few year or a few times in my first year and second year that I think I could have, I could have done a little bit more, worked a little bit extra hours, worked, taken less time off. Um, that's the only thing that I would do differently. I, I also think 
one thing that I was going to say when you asked what, what I would tell somebody that wants to grow into like a leadership role. And I think this is something that I would have done differently. But after our first year, I remember Carson and I, we sat down for like four hours in his apartment over in, in Provo. And we listed out like all these things that we did well. We calculated all the revenue. We, we generated the amount of kilowatts we installed, like all these things. And we, we scheduled a meeting with Brandon and we're like, all right, we're going into this and like, we're, we're getting some stuff out of this brand and sending us on the company trip, even though we didn't earn it. Like we felt like we had, we had done so much and deserved so much out of him and out of the company. And like, we went into that meeting and, and I like, I respect Brandon for this. And Brandon was just like, sick guys. That's cool. Like that's, that's it. You guys had, you guys had a good year. That was great. And I think that was just a big wake up call for me. Like, like, no one deserves anything like you don't deserve something that you didn't earn. And um, like having conversations with guys who think that they deserve something because of how many deals they've sold and, and all that kind of stuff. It's just the moment you can just be responsible and accountable for what you're doing and, and own things where you fell short and, and push to, to earn things that you deserve. Um, that was just a huge lesson learned for me. Like that was what I would tell anybody that wants to get into leadership is don't feel like you've earned anything. Don't feel like you deserve something. Like go and actually do the work before you can see the success because that's what we had to do. Wise words. No handouts. Wise words. Accountability is a lesson that gets learned often here at Empower, it seems like. And I think you guys have owned that from early, early on. You guys have always been accountable of your team, your failures, your, your successes. It's been incredible to watch you guys grow here at Empower. Speaking of your guys' teams, you probably have helped, you know, so many people hit things they've never knew they could even accomplish before. What's been the most fulfilling moment in your guys' careers here um, where you've even for yourself or for one of your guys, what's been the most fulfilling moment for each of you so far at the company? Um, I've had a, I've had a couple really, really amazing experiences being here. I, I really obsess over my future. I really, really want to be a great provider for my family. And it is an incredible feeling to see the fruits of your labors. And this has been my first experience as far as work has gone to to see that, where I genuinely felt like the work that I put in, the numbers, the output was uh, was equivalent. So that's that's an incredible feeling. And then I also just had the opportunity, my little brother just came out here, he's 18, just graduated high school, hasn't gone on a mission yet, but I've been able to, to knock doors with him. So I, I served an LDS mission in 2015, um, so that was really the first time I, you know, was on the doors and so been doing it for a while. And then to see him come out and to see his first pitches, to just so just rolling them off and getting better. It's just been like really, really cool to do that with my little brother. So that, that's, well, that was a huge experience for me. Yeah. I think the most fulfilling thing that I would, that I would say, like there's, there's 10, 15 guys that I could name off where they came out and they were complete crap at the job, like horrible. They had no clue what they were doing. They had no idea how to do the job. They had no idea to see like how they were going to see any success. Um, and honestly, the reason why I love management so much isn't because you can make a ton of money off of guys. Like that's that's not what it is. Like I honestly think that I could go make more full time selling. Like I really do think that's a, that's a, a real thing. But I get a lot more fulfillment out of seeing guys accomplish great things. Seeing people get a $25,000 paycheck and they've never seen that ever before seeing 
And we have a guy, Mikkel Vasquez, who his first door, <laughs> he literally doorbell ditched and he cried for four hours his first day. Um, and then he ended ended the way that he did last year. We have guys like Taden Smith, who I've known since he was 15 years old, and I thought he was a, a lazy piece of crap in, in high school. And not actually, I love the kid, but seeing him come out here and, and see the success that he's, see, that he's seen and how much he's grown as an individual has been so sick I think, to uh, see. Um, I think that's. I think Caden's got a fat check Friday this week. Me. I think it's the twenty-seven k check. So that that same kid you're just talking about, Zona. Beast. Dang, dude. Beast. It's always safe to get text messages too from rookies when they get like their first big paycheck. They're like, dude, like, I don't know, I don't know what, like, I don't know what, I don't know what to do with this guy. I'm like, rich, I'm, baby. I'm so I'm rich. Like, I'm so like, yeah, like another another really good example is Lucas Cantalise. He, I mean, he. Came out last year as a rookie and just set full time, and he like was adamant that he was gonna figure out closing and stayed out here full time, and he's our number two closer, number three closer in our entire region this year. I think, um, and he's I think to it. your point, like some of the most so. fulfilling parts of this company is is being in leadership. You get to watch someone go from A to Z. You get to pick them up out of UVU's corridors, out of wherever, out of Chick Fil A, wherever they're working before doing something that just honestly is just not great. And you take them and you help them get their first $10,000 check, their first $50,000, their first $100,000. You see them buy their first property, buy their first, uh, buy their own home, buy their first rental property, invest in their first business. And you see them go from like a below average human being to financially incredible, but also they've what it took to grow as a human to get to that point as well. You just see them just evolve as a human being, both you know mentally, emotionally, physically, and financially, and you get to watch that whole process play out right before your eyes. And it's it's for me, it's really fulfilling to know that you play some role in that evolution for that rep. So I think that was well said. Well, Cade Carson, it's been an absolute honor to have you guys on the show today. So many cool things, so many little nuggets and things that guys are going to take from this forever and watch this over and over. I'm sure. Do you guys have any last words, last things you want to say before we call it a day on the on the show? I, I would just tell reps to trust the process. The opportunity is still here and it is at Empower. I legitimately, legitimately bageled for my first five weeks here. To this day, I've never had a set close. That will change because I'm starting to now set for, for some managers. But I've never had a set close. My first deal ever, I, I, I self-gend it. I had to get into self-gending because I was running a team. Um, and then, you know, that after that first deal closed, the guy's name was Bobby Brown, one of the sickest people I've ever met. It was a 10 killie. It was beautiful. And it still took five weeks to install. So I went almost three months after starting the job, after serving a mission, after doing pretty well in pest control, I thought I finished like top three or top five in the rookies for the pest control company I worked for. I, I thought I was good at the job. It was humbling to change change industries but um if anybody's off to a slower start than they would like honestly if you burn burn the boats and just dig in it is here i'm i'm living proof of that i'm so grateful i stuck it out i reached out to kate i reached out to some really close mentors that i had some father figures that i had and i'm super super grateful that i i just made the choice and and said hey like it's it's out in power. Like it can happen right here. So if you're off to a slower start than you'd like, that's what I would say. Just trust it and and buy in. It's 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 here. Kate, any any last words? 
No, I think I'll just leave it at that. I think that's a good thing to end on. Thanks, I appreciate, appreciate you guys. You guys. Take care. On. See ya. Yeah, you lacking. You tripping. You slacking.